My name's Chris. I'm the senior minister here at ABC. A huge welcome to all of you who are on site with us as well this morning, and particularly to families. It's great to have you here for our Big Story Sunday today. And I want to start by telling you all a big story. And it's the story of a little boy called Samuel. And it comes straight out of the Old Testament part of the Bible. You know, Samuel was a young boy, about 11 or 12 years of age. And he was uh, invited to go and serve at the temple, to go and help out a kind of, well, this is how I think of him anyway, kind of like a a wizened old priest uh, called Eli. And Samuel was kind of Eli's supporter and helper. And he helped uh, Eli with all sorts of things around the temple. Eli's eyesight was failing him. And so having a a young guy like Samuel around was a real blessing to him. And Samuel was able to help him in all the different things that he did. But God wanted to say something to Eli. God had a message for Eli. And it's just so like God. I love this about God. It's so like God that God chose an 11 or 12 year old boy to deliver this message to Eli. That's just like God. If if ever we think, and we've got some kids and young people in the room here with us this morning, and I'm sure we've got a load of you watching online as well. If you're a young person, if you're a young person, maybe 11 or 12 years of age or younger, or maybe a little bit older, and you think to yourself, does God ever want me? Does God ever have anything he wants me to do? Well, this story tells us that the answer to that question is absolutely yes. Absolutely yes. And by the way, us adults, it tells us we ought to pay attention to children and young people. We ought to listen to what they say. We ought to value who they are as part of our church community. And I'm so pleased that we're able to do that here at ABC. So anyway, God decides he's going to speak through Samuel to uh, give this message. And it wasn't an easy message, by the way, to give this message to Eli, because Eli's family was off the rails. I mean, like off the charts, doing things they shouldn't have been doing. And so God wanted to say something to them and kind of pull them back into line and say to Eli, you need to get this sorted. So God chooses Samuel to do it. So one night, they're fast asleep. Uh, Eli, just picture it like this. Eli in his room in the temple grounds, in the temple kind of courts. Eli's fast asleep. And just down the corridor from Eli, in a room not too far away, so that he was there in case Eli needed help in the night, was Samuel. And they're fast asleep. It's probably about one, two o'clock in the morning. We're told in the story, if you read it in the Old Testament, that the lamps were still burning. And those were lamps that had been lit during the evening, were waiting for the oil to run out, which usually happened a little bit later on through the night. So it's probably about one or two o'clock in the morning. Everybody's fast asleep. Uh, Samuel is fast asleep and he hears a voice calling him, Samuel, Samuel. So he assumes, because this is a night just like every other ordinary night that they've been through million and one times in the temple, he assumes it's it's Eli calling, saying, I need some help. So he runs down the corridor, says, yes, Eli, what is it that you want? And Eli, probably a little bit grumpy from being woken up, maybe, says, look, I didn't call you. Get back to bed. Now, if you're a parent or you've been a parent, you know this feeling, right? It's too early, get back to bed. If you were, by the way, if you were on our chat last week before our service online, Chris Jules and I, we were talking, he was telling me about these kids' alarm clock things that you can get that change color when it's an appropriate time for your children to come into you first thing in the morning. He was telling me all about that. Uh, Do you have those in your house? Yeah, okay, cool. So don't come in until the clock goes blue or whatever color it was. They didn't have those, right, all this time ago. So uh, Samuel, uh, Eli says, no, get back to bed, Samuel. So Samuel trods off back to bed. Everybody's fast asleep again. 
What happens next? Well, again, the voice comes, Samuel, Samuel. So Samuel runs down the corridor. Yes, Eli, what do you want? Eli, I'm reading this into the text uh, in the Old Testament part of the Bible. Okay, I'm reading this in. Uh, Eli, like maybe a little bit grumpier now, I haven't called you, go back to bed. He, uh, Samuel drops off back to bed. A third time it happens. Samuel comes running down the corridor. Yes, Eli, what is it that you want? Now, Eli has twigged what's happening. It's not Eli calling, but it's God. And so Eli wisely says to Samuel, next time you hear that voice calling you, it's God. Say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And look at this. This whole story can be found in the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel, chapter 3. And I want to read to you the last couple of verses that we're going to link into this morning uh, from uh, verses 10 and 11. The Lord came. This is after Samuel has heard the voice for a third time. It says, yes, Lord, your servant is listening. It says this, the Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Speak for your servant is listening. See, God has something he wants to do. And if we were read, to read on to the next verse, uh, it tells us that, that God says to Samuel, that you, I've got a message for you I want you to deliver, and that message is going to make the ears tingle of the people who hear it. He says this, and the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. I love that. I love that. There's this sense of, of anticipation about what's about to go on here. I've got such an important message. Everybody's ears are going to tingle when they hear it. See, God has something that he wants to do. God has something that he wants to say. God has a message that he wants to deliver. And he chooses a young boy to deliver it to. That's our big story for today. And it prompts this question, I think. How good a listener are we? How good a listener are you? How good a listener are you? You see, because actually in our world, I think increasingly we're being taught not to listen very well. You know, just think about all the ways we're being invited to speak, to share our opinion, to share our voice, to share our view. Social media comments, radio phone-in shows, all of these different sorts of ways we're being encouraged and invited to speak. You know, we're being encouraged to have an opinion about everything, even if we don't know anything about what we're being encouraged to have an opinion about. We're being encouraged to have an opinion about it. We're being invited to speak all the time. And of course, it's not a bad thing to have a view or an opinion. It, it might be a bad thing if we don't know anything about the thing we're holding an opinion about. But it's not a bad thing to have a voice. It's not a bad thing to speak up. But if all we do is speaking, then we're losing the art of genuine conversation. Because genuine conversation requires a speaker and a listener. And actually, do you know what? We love a great listener. How many times have you turned to somebody else and said, oh, so-and-so, I love them because they listen to me. They listen really well. But the problem that I think we're finding is we love a good listener, but we also love to talk a lot. And so the pool of really good listeners is shrinking. And I think we all kind of think somewhere there must be people who are just brilliant at listening, who are ready to listen to everything I want to say. We're not challenging ourselves 
to be great listeners. How good a listener are we really? And the problem is that so many of us don't like to listen or really take the time to learn how to listen because we've spent so much time talking. We've become less interested in other people because we're becoming more interested in ourselves. And that makes for really poor communication. And yet we all know that communication is really important for great relationships. And what is true of our communication with others is true of our communication with God. And what's true of our relationship with others is true of our relationship with God. If it's only ever about talking, then the relationship begins to break down. If we never really stop to listen, then the relationship fades. And when it comes to God, the same is true. If we never stop to listen to God, and all we do is present God with a list of things that we want, then the relationship is going to fade, and we begin to wonder why our prayer life feels so insipid and boring. We wonder why our prayer life is sliding down on the dangerous scale of prayers. You know, we've been talking all the way through this series about this danger scale of prayers. And we've been saying, where are our prayers really when it comes to a ranking of danger where one is just sitting on the sofa and 10, we've been using this phrase, 10 is wrestling with a lion while juggling chainsaws. Where do our prayers truly fall? And if they're down here, and if we're never taking the time to listen, this is why... It feels so boring when we pray, if that's what our experience is, because our prayer life is too safe and too comfortable. And if we really want to shake it up, if we really want more adventure in our prayers, then we need to get more dangerous about what we're praying. We've been saying through this series that there are a number of prayers we can pray to ramp up the danger in our praying. And they're really simple, two or three word prayers. Things like, search me. Things like break me. Last week we talked about fill me. And today we're talking about speak to me. And by the way, I just wanted to say at this point, if you're following along and you want to follow along with what we're doing today, and if you want to follow along with some of the key points of the talk, if you want to follow along with some questions for you to think about afterwards, there's a blog that appears every week on our website, and it has a summary of what we're saying, and it has some of the key thoughts, and has some of the questions. So if you're watching online, maybe you'd like to check out that blog as a reminder of what we've been saying, and if you're in the room, you can do that too. You know, I think this story that we're looking at today is perhaps the most powerful and remarkable story in the Bible in which someone asks God to speak. This little boy Samuel prays an incredibly dangerous prayer. But initially, Samuel wasn't aware of the voice of God because Samuel wasn't tuned into the voice of God. Now, in his case, it's because he was a young boy and, and because he hadn't learnt how to hear the voice of God. But in other people's cases, so often we don't hear the voice of God for some other reason. Maybe it's because we're distracted. Maybe we're not tuned in because we're not spending time doing it. Maybe we're not tuned into the voice of God because we've got too many other things going along and going around. We're not taking the time to genuinely tune in. But God is persistent. As we've seen from the story, God wants to talk to Samuel, so he persists. God is persistent with us. And for the remainder of my time this morning, I want to talk as clearly and as simply as I possibly can about how we tune into the voice of God, how we hear God speak, because I think there's so much 
stuff around all of this. People think it's weird, or they think it's unusual, or, or maybe if you're not a Christian, you think, how on earth does this invisible being called God communicate with people? Or maybe you've heard people saying, God said to me, and you think, well, that just sounds really weird. Or maybe if you're a Christian, you've been around other Christians who say, you know, I sense God saying this or this, and you think, well, that doesn't happen to me. How does that work? So I just want to explain as simply and as clearly as I can how we hear the voice of God, because I don't think this is complicated, and I don't think it needs to be mysterious, and I think it's available to all of us wherever we are on our spiritual journey, being a Christian for years or just exploring faith right now. God wants to communicate with us. I mean, that makes sense, doesn't it? If, if there is a God, and God loves us, and God is for us, doesn't it make sense that God would want to communicate with us? That doesn't feel weird at all. If God wants a relationship with us, surely he wants to communicate with us. So let's not get confused about this. Let's be as simple as we can about how we do this. Three simple steps to hearing God speak. Number one, be still. It's really hard to listen to anyone unless they're paying attention to them. It's really hard for you to listen to anyone unless they're paying attention to you. Have you ever had that conversation with somebody and you're talking to them and they're doing this, right? How does that make you feel when they're doing that? You think, you're not listening to me. You're not paying attention to me. You're not hearing anything that I'm saying. And the pull of our culture is always towards busying us up. The pull of our culture is away from being still and into being busy or being distracted. And we have to resist that pull if we want to spend time hearing from anybody, let alone hearing from God. One of the ancient poems in the Old Testament part of the Bible is a psalm called Psalm 46, and it records God speaking. And right before God speaks, God says this, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Well, once we are still, how do we hear God then? I think there's a number of really simple ways that we hear God. Number one, and I think this is the primary way God speaks, is through the Bible. That's why we call it God's Word. It's God's voice, God's speaking. And when we sit down and we start engaging and wrestling with and reading the Bible or listening to the Bible, if we're an audio kind of person then we feel God beginning to speak. I just want to give you a really easy example of this, if I may. So my practice is to get up uh, in the morning, and the first thing I do before I have breakfast or anything like that is I sit down and I spend some time trying to be still and be quiet and do a devotion with God. And, and oftentimes I'll use the devotions that we have here at ABC that we're posting every, uh, every weekday morning. But I also use something called Lexio 365, which is an app where you get a, an engagement, a connection with God for about 10 minutes every day. And I find them really helpful. And, and it always, they always begin those little devotions with a psalm. And this is my journal. I journal as well. I, when, when I'm uh, uh, spending that time being still before God, if I get a sense or, or an experience or something I, I feel or something that really impacts me, I write it down in my journal. And then I can look back and see what God might have been saying. So here's what just, this is just this week. This is just this week, okay? If you're uh, doing anything right now in a COVID world, if you're leading anything, you've got tough decisions to make all the time, right? We're having to make tough decisions here all the time. And I feel the weight of that. I was feeling the weight of that this week. Here's one of the Psalms that was in that Lectio 365 this week, Psalm 25. Show me the right path, O Lord. 
Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. Do you think when I read that, in the light of all these tough decisions that we're having to make and feeling the weight of that, I might have thought, I think God's trying to say, me, say something to me right now when I read that. Here's another one. Just from these last few days, um, I've been feeling uh, quite tired recently. We're about to go away on holiday, and uh, I'm definitely feeling like I'm ready for that. So I've been feeling quite tired, and I was uh, uh, a couple of mornings this week, and just, oh, okay, I've just got to grind this out today. Here's, an, here's another reading from this week, another psalm, Psalm 73. My health may fail, and my spirit may grow weak, but God that remains the strength of my heart, he is mine forever. Do you think that might have spoke to me in the midst of feeling tired or weary. And there's some, uh, another one, again, just from this week, the ne very next day, in fact. Uh, I shared with you a couple of weeks ago when I was kicking off this series that sometimes I worry about what people think of me. And when you're in church leadership, that can sometimes be a draining thing because, you know, everybody's got a view on what you should or shouldn't be doing. Here's something that God said to me this week through another one of those Psalms, Psalm 139. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God? I sense God saying, don't worry about what everybody else thinks. My thoughts about you are so precious. God's speaking. And that's from one week. One week, I noted down in my journal. When we engage with this amazing thing called the Bible, God's word, we find God beginning to speak. So that's the number one way God speaks. God can speak in other ways. God can speak to us through other people. If we're asking other people, wise people, to help us and share wisdom with us, often we hear God speaking through them. God can speak through circumstances. When we're looking for guidance, maybe a door opens or a door closes. God speaking, showing us the way. And sometimes when we're still before God, a thought or a sense or a picture or an image or a Bible verse or something pops into our minds. I'm really passionate about this, by the way. I think that's God. I think if it's not something you were thinking about, not an agenda you've got, not a long list of stuff you're bringing before God, and you're just being still and something pops into your mind, I think that's the Holy Spirit of God, the presence of God speaking. Trust that. Go for it. What's the worst that can happen? Be humble about it. It could just be you, but it could very well be God. God will never contradict himself. So if you get a sense of something in those quiet times that goes absolutely against all you know about God from the Bible or from what you've been taught, or from, that's probably not God. You want to weigh and test that much more carefully. That's not God. God won't contradict himself. But if you have a sense of something from God, Use it, share it, ask somebody to help you weigh and test whether that is indeed of God. And then go with it. You know, I think God has a lot to say. Number one then, be still. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and allow God to speak. Number two, be willing. We need to be willing to respond to what God is saying. You know, if you know the, the, the Bible a little bit, if you know the Old Testament stories, and even if you don't, I'm going to answer my own question here. It's a rhetorical question. But how often when God spoke to somebody, particularly in the Old Testament part of the Bible, did God come to them with an easy assignment? Never. Never. When God spoke, he always came to people to say, I want you to step out. Last week, or the week before, whenever it was, we were talking about jumping off a high diving board. 
Like stepping out with God, having the courage to do that. That was last week, wasn't it? Have the courage to do that. When God speaks, he may well bring challenge to you. Well, we need to be willing to respond to that challenge. Because when God speaks, it will stretch our faith. And we mustn't pray for God to speak to us unless we're willing to do what he asks. So number two, be willing. Number one, be still. Number two, be willing. Finally, be ready. You know, I alluded to it earlier. In the story of Samuel, uh, God brings that message to Samuel. and He says, I've got this message I want you to deliver. It's going to make the ears of the people tingle. It's going to be that exciting. It's going to be that challenging. It's going to be that adventurous. And Samuel was ready. And actually, if you read on about the story of Samuel, it wasn't easy. It was a tough message to deliver. It was a rebuke to Eli for the way Eli's family was behaving. God brought that message through Samuel. It was not easy. It did indeed make the ears of the people who heard it tingle because it was high challenge. But Samuel is about to enter into this new experience and this new encounter with God. Because he was ready not only to listen and to hear but ready to do what God asked him to do. And God's speaking resulted in a great adventure for Samuel and for the people of God. You know, this prayer for Samuel, speak to me, was a really dangerous prayer. It ramped him right up the scale of danger when it came to a dangerous prayer. This is a dangerous prayer. If we dare to say, speak to me, Lord, it's a dangerous prayer. Because what God replies with may well be high challenge. We need to be ready to respond to what God is doing. So simply, that's it. How do we hear the voice of God speaking? We be still, be willing, be ready. And God will speak. One last story for Big Story Sunday. Again, I alluded to it just a moment ago. I shared with you a few weeks ago how I wrestle with this whole idea of what people think of me. I'm, a, I'm naturally, I'm a people pleaser kind of person. So when you're in leadership, that doesn't always work very well because, you know, it's very hard to keep everybody happy and pleased. And sometimes God responds to us saying, God, what do you want for us to do as a church? And God responds with a tough message and says, well, I want you to do this. And that's not going to, everybody's not going to be happy about that. So I have to work really hard at avoiding that distraction of, of just doing what I think people would like rather than what God is saying. I have to work hard at that. And the way I do that is I surround myself with great people who can challenge me. And I'm so thankful for the people God has given us in leadership here at ABC who, who are able to do that, who are able to say, come on, Chris, God's saying this. Stop, stop wimping out. We've got to go for this now. So thankful to God for that. And the other way I do it is I just try to spend time with God, listening to him and not to all the noise. And I do that sometimes by just going away for a couple of days and just being on retreat and spending some time with God. And I'm really uh, blessed to be able to do that. A few weeks ago, I was away and I'd had one of those emails that church leaders sometimes get. And uh, it wasn't nasty, but it was uh, clearly uh, telling me that uh, uh, the, the people, who, and they were leaving our church, these people were leaving our church because they didn't like the direction we were going or some of the things that, that we were doing. And so uh, it was t a tough email to receive, and, and uh, I felt okay about it. It was all done very nicely, and we were, everybody was able to love and bless each other and go separate. That was all fine. Uh, but I went away on this retreat just after I got that email, and I was just out for a walk one day, and I, thought, and I was out for a walk just trying to make space for God to speak. 
And I said to God, God, I don't, I'm not trying to be defensive here. If there's any truth in what's been said, please will you reveal it to me? So I want to search, search me, Lord, and show me what's going on here. And as I walked and I was just, I just got these, just like I talked about, these senses, these feelings. And it felt like God trying to say some things. And then I felt God say, this is a letter to you. So I didn't have anything to write down on. So I just was praying, God, don't let me lose these thoughts that you're giving to me. And as soon as I got back to the place that I was staying, I started to write down this thing in the form of a letter. And it just, it just, this stuff just spilled out of me that was like I wasn't expecting. And I just wrote and I wrote and I wrote. And I got this amazing letter. And when I went back and read it afterwards, it was God, I'm sure, God speaking, just saying some things. And, and so affirming and so positive and so, no, this is the calling that I've given to you and to the church and all this kind of stuff. And maybe one day I'll share that with you. But the point is not that. The point is that, that just making that space, God was able to speak. And I'm not special. I'm ordinary, just like Samuel was ordinary, just like they were going about, Eli and Samuel, their ordinary day. So it's just ordinary stuff. And God spoke. God wants to break into the ordinary, to the ordinary, to say the extraordinary, to challenge us, to be extraordinary with his presence and his power. God wants to speak. Are we listening? Because, you know, actually, I think God does more when we stop to listen to him than he does when all we do is talk to him. I think God does more. God moves more powerfully when we hear what he is saying and respond to him than when we just present him with a list of demands. I wonder if sometimes God just wants to say to us, stop, enough already, stop talking. I love you so much. I want to speak to you. I want to guide you. I want to respond to you. Just stop talking and listen to me for a minute, will you? In fact, I think God is always speaking. And the question is, are we really listening? And I want to challenge all of us this week, wherever we're connecting with this today, I want to challenge all of us to pray that dangerous prayer, speak to me, Lord, and then to be still. And then to use those tools that we've talked about, the Bible, other people, opening and closing doors, circumstances, those prompts that the Holy Spirit drops into our minds and to our thoughts, to pay attention to those and to use those to hear the voice of God. And then to be willing and ready to do what God is asking us to do when he speaks to us. Can you imagine that? Actually having a conversation with God. How cool would that be? Let's pray together, shall we? And in fact, one of the things that we are uh, trying to do a little bit more of here at ABC right now is to invite God to speak to us corporately when we're together like this. And so we have people praying about our Sunday services in the week leading up to them and sharing anything they think God might be saying. We had a picture this week from one of the team of people that's doing that. And um, uh, it's a stepping out in faith for this person to have shared this picture with us because it's a little bit strange. But you know, some of us have got things going on inside of us that are either distracting us from hearing God or stopping us from stepping out into what God is asking us to do, stopping us to, from going where God is leading us. And this prompt from the Lord was to say, identify them 
and then picture them, if you're a Harry Potter fan, picture them as Quidditch balls. You know, those balls in Harry Potter which have those little wings, if you know about this. Picture them as that, and the picture was of these things that we're identifying as those balls that we're lifting up and they're just flying away. Flying away, leaving us and stopping us. Those things that would stop us from having that faith to step out with God, just flying away and meaning that God can be doing what God wants to do and leading where God wants to lead. So Lord God, I pray that for any of us that that speaks to today, where there's stuff going on inside of us that is stopping us going where you're leading or hearing you speaking to us, that we would identify them and allow them just to leave us to fly away like those funny little balls with the wings. They just fly off and allow us instead to press into you. Lord God, thank you that you want to speak. And I pray now as we continue to respond that you would be speaking to us wherever we are, even now. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.